You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. It's wherever you get your podcasts. And also you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Nada is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. No Rick Bennell today. Going to give him a little, of a little bit of a break. We've given him a lot of responsibility over the last, what, Really, three years, but really just even hasn't had a break in a long time. Yeah, Uh, that we've been just continuing to have him on every Monday. He is so gracious to reschedule when we have some problems. So we're going to give Rick uh, a break for a little while. And we always appreciate him joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll have him on again at some point. But again, just Rick needs a break, man. We need to give him one. Yeah, exactly. He's got to warm up his arm for, I don't know, maybe this Delete 8 bubble in uh, Chicago. That's right. Or, I don't know, he's got stuff to do. He's got a lot of really good, interesting, like, civil service mm-hmm. pieces that I've read a lot. So, now that this is the second rundown that you've worked on for the show, because you do serve as the producer for the show as well. Yes. And the first thing that we saw, one, just your typical list of topics that, of course, we're going to open up with the Delete 8 bubble that might happen in Chicago. And then I uh, see the question that you want to talk about just our favorite bubbles. <laughs> yes. Whatever that entails. Whatever that entails. Like, again, here's the thing. I like social topics, mm-hmm. and I'm one of those people that likes to, again, occasionally get some happy stuff in my mentions because usually the stuff in my mentions ain't so happy. <laughs> so therefore, I decided, you know what? Why don't I create a great social topic, and we'll have it with our favorite bubbles. You can go to Nada at Nada the Scribe and put some of those happy things into his mentions because he does get so few. We're going to talk about our best thing bubble related. I'm not yes. even sure what it's all going to entail, but I'm excited. I've already have I already have some ideas. We're going to get to That's that. That's what scares me. At like, the you end saw of the that segment. Topic. Oh, loved it. Absolutely <laughs> you saw want that to talk topic about it. And that was like that was it. You we were like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm in." Delete 8 bubble? Please. We're not going to talk about that. Not at least in the last segment. We will lead off the show with that today. So, in case you didn't know, the NBA is in deep discussions on a second bubble. We have the bubble that's in Orlando as far as the 22-team restart plan as it currently is right now for the playoff teams that are there and even a few teams that are outside of the playoffs. We have that. NBA is in discussions on a second bubble in Chicago for the eight teams that were not invited to play in Florida, or I believe as John Hollinger coined first, the Delete Eight. And that would enable them to participate in a mini training camp and subsequent games against other clubs with a target date of September. So we are still talking about this being quite a distance away. The idea to provide the eight non-playoff teams with options to play arose out of concern that the long layoff would adversely impact young players whose ongoing development is critical to their franchises. I want to ask you this first before we start to dissect a little bit of how this would affect the Charlotte Hornets, Nada. Your overall thoughts on the idea of constructing a second bubble when already... The first bubble brings quite a bit of controversy considering we are in the coronavirus pandemic. Here's my one concern. Like, I like the idea more than most because one thing I don't think we're realizing, and I think we're getting quotes about it right now. I think Ish Smith said it today, if I'm not mistaken, during his press availability. They're going to go find a place to play anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have a place to play anyway, you might as well, if you're the NBA, provide a safe haven for them to scrimmage, maybe even play a couple of games. I read that first thing from Jackie Mack, and I, and I guess maybe it's me. 
I thought initially this was a mini camp situation. This wasn't a games televised game situation. People took that and read it as, okay, we're going to do games. We're going to do a summer league situation. I don't see it like that. I see that as, okay, if you guys really feel the need to play, if your team, you want a team situation where you want practices, where you want to develop guys, that makes a whole lot more sense to go to Chicago to do the games rather than have a game in L.A., have a game in Las Vegas, have a game in Seattle, have a game in Chicago. Like, Summer League is still going to happen, even if it's not in the summer, guys. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just because players are going to be picking this up themselves, maybe somewhere else to go play. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And, and also, I- the other thing, though, with that, Walker, is these guys are here for a reason. It's not because they, they like the business of basketball. That's part of it. They actually love hooping, guys. Mm-hmm. This is something they like doing. So they're going to find a place to hoop. That's what we like about them. So they're going to do it whether there's a spot or not. What the NBA is trying to do is set up a nice, safe, controlled spot for them to develop and to basically learn a couple of moves here. I have a problem with the bubble because I think that we talked about this on our first show that we did. I understand the attempt to mm-hmm. get the restart plan going with all of the teams that are invited to Orlando, the playoff teams and the few teams that are just on the outside looking in. I get all of that because, one, I understand that not only is there $1.2 billion at stake and the yes. NBA is a business that doesn't want to lose that much money. I completely understand that. I also understand that there are thousands of jobs at stakes too if you do not have this restart plan. Yes. And there's a benefit there. Look, if it gets to be too scary, then you have to pull out of Orlando. And it seems like Adam Silver has demonstrated as such with his comments. And it seems like with his quote about, you have to be humble because the virus does make the timeline. So I do like that he's telling us that. Of course, I'm not advocating for this restart to go full steam ahead, no matter what. I understand the attempt of it. Not, a, I just don't think that the benefits are strong enough to outweigh the risk in coming up with a second bubble. Not to the point where we can't find some kind of compromise. For example, I think a better compromise, in my opinion, would be to, one, certainly allow the head coach and the team more time together. Or you could bring just maybe you bring two teams together and have joint practices where instead of having, you know, 15 guys on a roster and all the coaching staff and all the people a part of the organization meeting in one space in Chicago, maybe you just have two teams get together and then you have four separate places for that to happen. I like that idea better to find some kind of compromise. I understand that these players, that these teams, they want more time. James Borrego, as we kind of transition to how this might affect the Hornets, James Borrego talked about, quote, the amount of time they're spending with their teams. He's mentioning the teams in Orlando. So he says, quote, the amount of time they're spending with their teams and their players as a unit, we believe we should have the same. That would level the playing field a little bit more. For me, it's more about the time that we have, that it syncs with what getting uh, with what other teams are getting in Orlando. And also, the the uh, live play that they're getting we don't get a lot of that in the summer so i understand all of that i just think there has to be some kind of compromise rather than coming up with another bubble especially with the first one bringing so much controversy like i get i get what you're saying but the the basketball tournament is going on right now yeah we have a whole bunch of guys that are risking covid that haven't necessarily contracted covid yet and it's about the same size that we're expecting the second bubble to be Mm -hmm. there are no incidents so far okay but 
you still risk it, and and I just and it. I still don't think that the benefits outweigh the the risk here. And I want to get to something that Kevin Pelton writes because Kevin Pelton talked a little bit about there not being a whole lot of historical evidence to suggest that you need to have NBA basketball games in order to have development as well. And I thought that was interesting. And so Kevin Pelton writes in this piece, consider the case of the draft picks who sit out their entire first season due to injuries. This is a small sample, but uh, yes. that group includes Joel Embiid, who physical freak. Missed, missed a lot of time. But physical freak. But also developed, though. Physical but it, freak. But I, it's but, a lot easier to develop <laughs> when you're a physical freak. Ben Simmons is the Physical same way freak. which you can throw at me as well I just understand that the development of a lot of these teams are, are you saying because they have a whole lot of natural ability that guys like PJ Washington can't develop as well because of that or people it's that aren't harder physical freaks? for them to develop well that's it's just harder, harder to play basketball if you're not no, a physical exactly. freak to some degree no like, it is harder and, and we're, I do agree with you on that but I also think that when we start talking about nine month layoffs a guy like Devontae Graham is losing a whole lot of momentum to build off of his great season. A guy like P.J. Washington that we just discussed loses a whole lot of momentum because there's only so much film that you're going to be able to take from this. And at the same time, like think about a guy like Jalen McDaniels who really only got, what, 15 games a real run? Maybe? Mm -hmm. How much of that is that really going to translate if we start the season in December? They kind of need this in order to stay, in order to get some, because at some point, the film study, it wears off. And I think nine months is entirely too long for them to just not play ball. I, I agree. That, that's where the compromise comes in for me. I did find what Kevin Pelton did have to say about how much do we value the NBA games being played. It kind of reminds me of that debate that we had a couple of years ago with Malik Monk not going to Greensboro, but also being on the roster and being on the bench the whole time. And we kind of talked about, do you have to have NBA games for Malik Monk in order to see him develop? But then we have seen the G League quite a bit help some of these other young players. I guess that's not NBA games, but it just it just made me think about the ways to develop as young talent in the NBA. And I also want to get to some comments from Mitch Kupchak about all of this because I, I wonder what Mitch and James Brago think about a bubble compared to more time with your team compared to maybe joint practices. Mitch Kupchak did say he was networking. This was, I believe, about a month ago when we heard from the exit interviews. He said he was networking with the other seven general managers of teams not going to Orlando. And uh, he said the Hornets, they were very disappointed not to be included. However, Kupchak did say that he understands the reasoning and the cutoff that was instituted by the NBA. And he says, like Borrego, uh, they are asking for something outside the typical, uh, typical NBA offseason to help preserve the continuity a direct quote from him was most of the seven teams not in florida the eight teams not in florida are young development teams and we all feel the same way it would have been great to keep on playing with your staff your coaches and your teammates so that's just a way that mitch kupchak looks at this as well as what james borrego um thinks about this yeah the thing <laughs> is the one question i have is when it comes because we know according to the jackie mack report that someone from the hornets was for this mm -hmm. And was on the call. The only team that wasn't on the call was the Knicks, who have mentioned their interest in this, but were looking for a coach at the time. So we know all seven of these teams were on the phone talking about, let's put this together. Let's put something together in Chicago. So we know that much to it. So we, I, the only question I really have it for this is, was this a Michael Jordan move? Mm. Or was this a front office move 
about we need to develop our guys because from what this sounds like, this sounds like a Mitch Kupchak thing more than the Michael Jordan thing right now. Well, and Michael Jordan, of course, with the conspiracy theory, maybe you would think that he'd say, hey, let's go to Chicago, something he's familiar with in his playing days. But maybe that's just at the height of controversy and conspiracy, I should say. Yeah, it does seem, you know, I, I do wonder who that was. It, it, the exit interviews from Borrego, it just seemed like he was asking for more time with his team. Mitch Kupchak did have some reservations. So I wonder if this is Michael Jordan who is at, actually advocating for this or if it's Michael Jordan that says, you know what, I'm kind of good. Um, maybe we should hold the team back. Either way, I'm not exactly sure who it, um, who it actually was that was for all of this. I'm telling you. Something you should always be for is rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, and rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices or charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody, and it doesn't require membership or account login. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they have a catalog that's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and you can write locked on. And they're, how did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. There's another idea that the Hornets could put out there as far as just the times that we're in where maybe they would implement the Atlanta Hawks in this way. Something we'll talk about in just a moment here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. You give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, I, you know, I just I spend some time away from the show, and you're still the same old Walker. All right, yeah. Give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun. Now that you mentioned it, how about? Uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the God. noun I was going to get. Plural go. noun. This isn't hard. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. One thing the Atlanta Hawks have done where we have this unique time in American history of not only are we at the height of fear because of the pandemic, even though there's been some coronavirus fatigue, but yes. certainly we are you know, in a, in a time that is, it's a very weird time given the pandemic. And then we could talk about how America has handled all of this. It's not going away. It makes us question the restart of a bunch of these leagues, but also these leagues we think should get involved in the fight for social justice and the fight against social injustice. And some of the ways that that have been leaked or some of the ways that we can transition to some of the political policies that are in place right now. One of the things the Atlanta Hawks have done, Nada, is open up Phillips Arena as a voting destination. Yes. And that would beg the question of whether the Hornets could be interested in doing something like that to maybe where they could open up the Spectrum Center. Now, there are a couple of things that are interesting about this. One, it's the fact that Michael Jordan, whether it wrongfully or rightfully so, he has been criticized for his lack of involvement in politics, even though I think you've seen some kind of shift in that regard as he's gotten there's older. A, there's been a little bit of a political shift, yep. whether, whether people want to like, 
acknowledge it or yeah, not. Yeah, no, and, and opening up the clinics, I do think that that is a semi-political statement. And I do the think, Black Lives Matter and, and, and well, donating of $10 million a year. Yeah, which is $100 nuts. $100 million, exactly. Which, which is nuts. Yeah. And, and, and we can play the, is it really enough um, when we play that charity game of, hey, this guy's making so much, is this really enough? Man, I don't I don't think we should, and I don't think Pocket we did. Pocket is not cool. Well, in, in certain instances, I think $10 million a year, man, like that's, or yeah. that, that's insane, Nada. And, and so I thought that was a lot of money and so we've clearly seen michael jordan get involved quite a bit here recently um i think this would serve as that once yes. again i think that would serve as another semi-political statement to where maybe he's not saying it with his mouth maybe he's not coming out with a statement like he did black lives matter but it would it would be an action which is almost better right it would be something that he is showing hey we care the hornets care this is something we're doing to show that we care i think it's honestly one of those things where I they kind of owe it to the community at this point. I hate to say it like that, but you're talking about voting being one of those things that is already highly politicized, voting access, gerrymandering being a big thing in the political discourse right now. And then you have a way to alleviate a lot of the voting pressures. Mm -hmm. And by opening up Spectrum Center, a spot that if like I don't like the irony isn't lost on me. When it, we're talking about a highly contested <laughs> right. downtown arena, ten, again, mm. 20 years ago, that was fought over and didn't get built and was the reason that the original Hornets left. So that spot being a spot that can unite people in voting, I think it's poetic. I think it's necessary. I think it's one of those things where we start talking about civic responsibility. And like you said, this isn't really one of those things where you're extending yourself too far into the political discourse. You're just trying to provide people with access to voting and making it easier on everybody else. And again, the other thing is, how cool would it be to like volunteer for that? Think about that. The, just the concourse available for you to vote in and out, and you're done in five or ten minutes. Well, and the problem with me, Nada, is when people want to come in and they want to talk about um, systemic racism without actually knowing what it means, right? Yes. So they want to talk about it's just a hot, but it's just a hot button word for them. They want to use it and they want to put it out there, and they oh, feel they, like they they want a hashtag. They yeah. want well, they want to check a box off. And look, okay, I, I just hope that people understand what it means. So pro part of the problem is okay. So when you're saying we need to end systemic racism, we need to end systemic oppression, and then you're saying one way by doing that is black people go vote. Oh, okay. You've already conflicted this because yeah. there's black voters have always been suppressed because of the system. Yes. So it's so weird to me when you're talking about, okay, you know, in order to end systemic racism, black people just go vote out there. Well, they have always been suppressed and to the point where you still have some of that suppression today. Why don't uh, the Hornets and the Spectrum Center, one, serve as a voting destination, but also work within the community to maybe better not only just even educate, just allow, not provide some of the restrictions that suppress black voters. That's the thing. And I know that gets into a little bit more of a political issue, more than the Hornets actually out here controlling some things. But that is some of the things that I want to discuss where you're talking about the Hornets actually being a part of the solution rather than just checking off a box by saying words on a statement. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where I'm at now is – and it, I think the one thing that just comes back to me is you know that a city councilman works part-time for the Hornets. Braxton Winston is a cameraman for the Hornets. He mm -hmm. works there. This would be a very easy thing to extend, hey, how do we get involved right now? Because at this point, 
there are going to be lines out the door. It's right. a very simple thing. And if you're not going to make voting, uh, again, election day a holiday, this is the next best thing to open up one of your bigger arenas to be a voting destination for the city of Charlotte. Because that way, you're right there. And more importantly, for those that can't drive, you have the transit center it's right, right there. there. Man, it is perfect. The transit center being right there, as well as if you can field a voting destination at an elementary school in a in a elementary school gym, you know, where the goals yeah. are often eight and a half feet tall, then you can field a, cer- a very good and appropriate and plentiful voting destination with the Spectrum Center where you don't have to have the long, long lines that might deter some of these people from voting who have to get off work. You can field a whole bunch of different lines and have a whole bunch of different booths set up for these people to go vote. And I thought the destination you mentioned, that's perfect, right? Being right there at one as one of the stops for public, edu- or for public education, for public transportation, that's perfect there. I, I just think you're right, Nada. I think a lot of these arenas would benefit from doing so, and the Spectrum Center is no different. And I want the Hornets to be a leader on this. I want them to be out front saying, hey, guys, we care about the well-being of everybody that comes into this arena, and that way we are a leader. So now, once you do this, the Panthers are probably going to have to at least attempt to do something like this Mm -hmm. and use their concourse. Then, hey, maybe the Hurricanes do the same thing in Raleigh. Let's make this a systemic change. Let's make this easy for everybody. The Greensboro Arena, ACC country, you would think Dean Smith's legacy, he would love oh something God. like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be fantastic. For, uh, yeah, Dean Smith would, would be uh, certainly thrilled with it. And when you're talking about being a leader on this, I will say, look, it doesn't absolve any institution or any organization from responsibility in the way that they've handled this in the past. I do think it's okay to say that, hey, the Carolina Panthers out in front of a lot of this, good job to them. Yes. Because what they've done by severing the ties with CPI security like that, like that was quick. And you talk about being the leader, a lot of other organizations did it as soon as David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers decided to do it. They've been out in front on a lot of this as well. I'm not saying David Tepper is the perfect guy in the world because he's certainly not, but there's also other evidence of him even in the past where he's out here marching with Tory Smith to gain a better sense of the community and Tory Smith's discussion on prison reform. He signed Eric Reed. Now I think there can be some criticism towards Colin Kaepernick not being signed as well to some degree, but I also in this circumstance kind of get the football situation, yes. right? So the, David Tepper, there's some faults, but he, he was a guy that was out in front of this. Michael Jordan pledging $10 million a year to charities that might help black people in America. Yeah, that's really cool. Like there have been some things here in the city of Charlotte to at least be proud of for those individual uh, signs and examples of this is not okay. We are going to fight back to some degree. I love it. And I, lo- and I just hope that we get to a point where we just like again we can say charlotte is a leader in civic responsibility after being patient zero for being rights violations and gerrymandering mm-hmm. for a long time let's sk- skip all this we got to get to the bubble talk next time i was going to say can we do we stop talking about politics and social injustice now is that something we do cuz there's more important topic, uh, topics apparently yeah bubbles are more important what's our favorite bubble i don't know what that entails i don't even know just bubble related things that are at the top of our dome that's what we're going to discuss coming up in the next segment here on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets but give me some positives. As That would annoy me as a head coach. I'd be like, look, you, you can't lose to the Bulls by 20 and come away and go, well, you know, let's look for some silver linings. Silver lining, game over. Next game. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Before we get to the things that might entail a bubble being our favorite or our favorite bubble-related things, let's actually get to what would happen in the Chicago bubble, just as far as the kind of attention you would be paying to it, Nada. You brought up that when you saw Jackie Mack's report on this, that you kind of got vibes of an NBA minicamp more so than you did a televised event, some yes. kind of quote unquote, the basketball tournament actually being within the NBA where you get a bunch of these teams mm-hmm. that are literally the eight worst teams wins and losses record wise exactly. in the NBA and seeing some kind of bad tournament where the winner it's the winner of the NIT. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't get a whole lot of national attention. Um, what would be, the attention like like do you think there would be some people that would pay attention because of some of the stars there who are some of the biggest stars in the delete eight that you think you would tune into or at least the country would tune into well again we know blake griffin's not playing we know blake griffin's not playing levine probably not playing either even though he might be the one that surprises me like the i think the highest guy might be pj washington because I think PJ and well Trey Young. You're talking about no, some of I don't these think stars. Trey plays. So this is this is another thing that was kind of mentioned in this article that Tim Bontemps and Bobby Marks and Kevin Pelton they all kind of wrote. They all collabed and answering some of the questions you might have for the Chicago bubble, and they were discussing some restrictions on who could actually play. Yeah, and maybe if you were a player that was currently in your first three years in the league, then maybe you would go to Chicago and anybody else out of that wouldn't be allowed to go play with that team. And I think that would be interesting because I think we're talking about player development. Yes. And player development, guys being robbed of that. Um, and, and the reason you have this bubble is to bring back a competitive uh, playing field and an even competitive playing field mm-hmm. to where if you have some guys that are in the NBA already for three years, I'm not saying that you give up on them, right? I'm sh- there are certainly quite a bit of examples of guys not blossoming until their fourth or their fifth. But it does make sense to me to where maybe you would have that cutoff point where you wouldn't invite everybody back because the thing is, the less people, the healthier it is. The less people... Yes the better it is for these situations. And if you're going to try to institute some of those or implement some of those policies in place, I think that would make some sense to me. And um, As it should. And, and, and if you did that, then I think that's something that I might be on board with. Like, the thing is, I, again, if Miles Bridges, like, would you honestly be surprised if the biggest name was either Trey Young and then right after that is Miles Bridges or someone else like that? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be surprised right now because I don't think Trey Young plays in, this, in a game like this. I think Trey Young thinks that he's an elite guy and he's not going to want to play. Now, he was playing in OKC. He was playing in that OKC summer tournament. Where there were zero masks being worn. Again, don't get me started. (laughs) That was irresponsible. But again, I I don't think that Trey Young comes down to this. Hmm. I think Trey Young thinks he's going to be, like, I think Trey Young honestly thinks he's going to be too big for that. Now, granted, like you said, he plays in that OKC tournament. But a guy like Cam Reddish, I could see a guy like Cam Reddish coming out of this a star like we didn't think he was a star but i think cam reddish the way he played i think he was averaging like 15 well, shooting from 40 from the field of, in the last 20 something games yeah like i think he comes out of the the field this field a star but if we're talking about established stars going into this into a summer league situation like if the pelicans would have been better suited for something like this to to showcase zion but i get why they're in there again because they won enough games mm-hmm. but they're the type of team, like, I don't see a star 
going into this. And that's why I think it's also going to be a minicamp situation. Yeah, so among the guys that would be eligible in just our kind of loose hypothetical scenario, you know, Trey Young, but if you don't think he would go, then maybe you're talking about some of these rookies like an R.J. Barrett, who certainly didn't have a good year last year. Not a star either. Well, you're talking about a guy that has that potential. I get it, but I I don't want to evaluate R.J., but you you get the name brand there. Uh, You have Colin Sexton, who is a guy that is, uh, you know, could go there and get some attention. It's just the rookies in general and some of the guys that are second and third year players as well. Kobe White might draw some attention that we're talking about some of the Hornets players, you know, the veterans on the Warriors like Steph Curry or anybody come yeah. back. Yeah, they wouldn't play. No, they're not playing. You know, right. So, um, yeah, point, you know, you know, point noted there. I, I would be interested to see who we would walk away from being really excited about that maybe we weren't all that excited about heading into the Chicago bubble. Like just basically summer league all-stars. You know, that would be something that's interesting. I think you're more excited to talk about actual bubbles that we love. Okay, yeah, get out of here, Trey Young. Uh, PJ, even, I'm sorry. Love you, usually. But I want to talk about the bubbles now. So this is the game that you have, the, the best bubble. Like, what are your, some of your, favorite, are your favorite bubbles? bubbles? So here are, here are the three things that I've come up with so okay. far. Um, Bubblicious. I love Bubblicious Bubblegum. You took one of mine. Bubblicious is great. Yeah. And how about Bubblicious LeBron's Lemonade? When LeBron Lemonade flavor came out, hey. that was, I think, when I was in high school that came out. That was some of the best tasting gum I've ever had in my entire life. And they don't come out with it anymore. No, they don't. It's a shame. And better than Bubble Yum, by the way. Get the goose out of my hands. Like, give me the Bubblicious. Bazooka is better than Bubblicious, though. Yeah. Oh, I'm going bubblicious, man. Just okay, the crazy flavors. My it. teeth would hurt because of the sugar that would infiltrate the molars, but still, I loved bubblicious, especially as a kid. So, do you love bubblicious more or honey buns? <laughs> bubblicious. Just had to make sure. Bubblicious as a kid, I'm going honey buns now. Okay, I love more. Fair enough. And fair enough. Uh, yeah, the sugar content, though, being the same in whatever you talk about. How about when you watch the NCAA tournament at the end, or basically college basketball at the end of the regular season, and those teams that might get in, Stop they might my not stuff, Walker. on the bubble. Those teams uh, that are on the bubble, that's why you tune in. Yes. Is this going to be a team that actually gets in the NCAA tournament? Oh, what? This is not a team that should have got in there. Uh, their RPI isn't high enough. On the bubble debates are great, and they make sports radio during oh, the college geez. basketball March Madness time. We you. were robbed of that. We were we, robbed of we that. We were robbed of that Damn because you, of the COVID. pandemic. And uh, also, how about this? Everybody, uh, I imagine, everybody loved Nickelodeon as a kid. I was a SpongeBob fan as a kid. Bubble Buddy. Bubble Buddy was fantastic. He causes all sorts of mayhem and makes Squidward's day bad. Everybody in Bikini Bottom's day bad. And then turns out he's real. People try to say that he was fake, and Bubble Buddy's real. And then the little Bubble bubble Buddy boy or whatever, those are the top three things I have as far as my favorite bubbles. Well, my first is my favorite way to relax after a hard weekend of dealing with ungrateful people. Mm Mm-hmm. A bubble bath. Oh, yeah. Oh, Very, again, bubble bath. You get the right... Like, what kind of sense do you use in a bubble bath? Bubble gum, actually. Oh, <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, That I is do. such a yes. lie. No, it's, I'm dead serious. <laughs> You're saying bubble a bubble gum, gum yes. bubble bath is yes. something you actually partake in. Yes, and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy every single thing. That'll do it for the Lockdown hey! Hornets podcast. Get, get, you want one more after one that? One more. One I'm more. not talking about that. What's your other one? Bubbles the Chimp. Again, who remembers Bubbles? Again, Michael Michael Jackson's little <laughs> orangutan friend. I would have forgotten all about that. You would have for, again. You're not old enough. I mean, I'm not. I'm bar- not, I barely, barely know the reference. Remember. You barely remember. There are going to be enough people old enough that remember just like me. Exactly, mm-hmm. Bubbles the Chimp, and Bubbles the Chimp was cool. Apparently, he was a real mean dude. 
Apparently, he was real mm. mean. But Bubbles the Chimp, again, you're cool with me, dude. <laughs> he, he makes the list. He that makes wraps the up list. this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Have a great day, and we'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs>